0: All right. Eyes on Oahu. I'm Sarah Doyle. This is episode six. We're going to be talking with Martin Despang. I'm not sure what it's going to be called yet because I think whatever Martin says is going to spark um, really the subject matter. So Martin is the head of architecture at University of Hawaii in Manoa, where we are presently in his office. Thank you for being here Mm -hmm. with me. You're welcome. So Martin you know can we just start I guess with your background like how how are you who, who are you and why are you here? <laughs>
1: yeah no thank you thanks for having me I appreciate what you're doing getting out of your way of and just trying to get a discussion going and especially you being new to the island which I will always consider myself to be new although I've been here for seven years but I think it's a good thing to always feel like you're just happened to have come here and they see things in a different way
0: with a fresh eye so kama, kama aina yeah. is a term for uh, people of the land yeah uh, but that is not um, indigenous Hawaiian so at what point does someone get to say I'm like when will you become aina? Th-
1: this really depends on to whom you talk about and I'm actually not the head of the I'm anything but the head thanks for the the honors but that's actually <laughs> oh, no? Bill, Bill okay. Chapman that I think you ran oh, into, yes. before here no, it it really depends on. And since we d- just the other day met when you visited DeSoto Soto and me in mm-hmm. the Think Tech Hawaii studio, right? So there so
0: Martin runs a show on Think Tech Hawaii, which you should look up on YouTube, and the show is called Huma- Human Humane Architecture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and one of the longest standing hosts is Keli Akina, mm-hmm. and Keli is Hawaiian, and he's uh, currently also an OHA, so Office of Hawaiian uh, Trustee, mm-hmm. and his. Um, Basically, very simple way of uh, basically answering the question that you raised is pretty much to say, Well, in the tradition of my ancestors, they have been welcoming everyone most warmly and saying, If you are good for us, you're a Hawaiian. Wow. There's obviously other ones who mm. say, You got to have our blood mm-hmm. and you got to have 100%, only then you're Hawaiian. So, within that range, whoever you ask, and I obviously you know, leave little doubt that I sympathize with my friend and colleague Kali, and I'm obviously a beneficiary of that because he (laughs) thankfully considers me a friend as well. And And I feel honored that I don't need to suck up or pretend to suck up or pretend to know about the culture because I don't, but... I love this place. This is the most beautiful place I've ever been and I wanna contribute to it in the best way I can. That's
0: just a lot. <laughs>
1: and so uh yeah, that's that's the way. And I'm your question where I'm coming from, I'm coming from the other side of the world, from a different continent, as you do from a, come from a different continent. And uh, there I've been practicing architecture um ever since I You know, I got out of school. You have? In Germany? In Germany, yeah. And I I had spent a year in the U.S., which was, you know, the land of the dreams and the Holy Land, and I was hoping to get there at some point, and it took me till college to have a year exchange here in the prairie. But you uh,
0: always had a... um a, a fetish for the America. So yeah, yeah, I'm Americano
1: yeah. as yeah. much as you can be. I mm-hmm. had a friend who was a few years older and he had all the rhythm and blues and George Benson, Earthwind and Fire, the vinyls, and we were playing with the big cars as miniature within the sandbox. So this was for me, you know, the place to be. And, and what it took about
0: architecturally? Like and it took
1: me, yeah, you know, architecturally, probably. To begin with, less, but then the more I matured, I guess the more, you know, uh, I, I was obsessed with just this sort of powerful, um, you could say, I mean, the term patriotic is sort of probably a little loaded, but I found it very powerful how you can build cities on steroids, right? I mean, the first city we went to a field trip with the students to Chicago, and all of a sudden these things were like growing like mushrooms on steroids, right? And so that that's something. But I, I, I sort of over the years started to reappreciate where I came from and my I'm with an architectural family and my father is an mm. architect and he very early he rented a, a rooftop attic space uh, in downtown Hanover where I'm from and it was a five story walk up. Everyone talks about ADA and accessibility, right? And so whenever milk was needed, there was a mom and pop shop at the bottom. And my parents told me I'm the one to get it. And I argued because it was 96 steps. But with my sister, we recently shared uh, that we had dreams that we can fly. and That was probably... (laughs) motivated by that and so um you you
0: all lived in this attic in downtown but we
1: had everything down there was the food supply my school and kindergarten were around the corner my father's office was close by he bicycled and on fridays there was a farmer's market so when we all talk about that s word sustainability right Uh, and the industry uses this pretty much in a profitable way as an exclamation mark i think more it's a question mark sort of like, you know, when you lose a key, that can happen pretty fast, but then finding it again sometimes is way more difficult, right? So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we all were doing this When did we lose the key? I think when with the embracement of fossil fuel we lost the key, and now we're trying to find it again, and that seems more difficult. So I kind of tried to return to that, and basically if uh, maybe want to yes. walk around here quickly and look at the What's in the background here. So this is all the recognition of the, the work we we did basically pretty much reflecting all the different components of a uh, pattern and patchwork of these um, you know, this sort of everyday life where here are community grocery stores that we you know, buy our food around. And the this corner. is your
0: firm in, in Germany. Yeah, this is yeah. the
1: firm so you can just pick it and they're and then you look at the perspective. So this is a community grocery store we were able to build again in a community that had one, but then that one was outdated. So we kind of replaced that. Um, and then uh, you need to you need to work as well, right? Uh, somehow. So you basically uh, need to build office projects. Mm, I think. Oh wow,
0: here. that's beautiful. This
1: is, uh, this, is, uh, this is in a more rural setting here, an office for, uh, uh, for a wood contractor.
0: So how is it, and how is this reflecting? Just I mean especially with people consuming this on the podcast can't see what you're showing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we're talking about sustainability and yeah. coming from a self-sustainable place in Hanover from your upbringing. How yeah, is that yeah, reflecting yeah. in the works that you guys you, you guys were doing?
1: Yeah, and, and you know we can walk through. There's uh, there's transportation. It's very important. So whenever we want to go somewhere else, we shouldn't use individual transportation anymore. We should right. use communal and collective. So we started out when we had the expo in 2000 mm-hmm. to win the competition for train stations that were bringing the people to the expo area, and then the people in the so far until then not connected neighborhoods could use it. Right. And we've been designing cafes, and we've been designing kindergartens and schools. So all these components, they're pretty profane, proletarian building types, mm-hmm. but I think they're extremely necessary to make us reconnect to where we came from. And then the big thing is when they're all together, then each building obviously needs to be carbon neutral. Right. And that's where we're trying. And we're we're obligated, self-obligated, even the public German clients obligate themselves to building off the grid so that's right. like a no-brainer so then i basically grew up in a moderately tempered um you know climate with still cold winters and warm summers and you got to make a building that doesn't need heating or cooling right. and it uses the sun as the main heating source and the occupants in case of the kindergartens and then i moved on to a way more extremely tempered in the american midwest and the prairie in nebraska mm. to then move on to the desert and the american southwest to come here mm-hmm. so whenever people tell me here you know it's a little chilly i say no it's not because in nebraska i was working to work in a full facial mask outfit to not wow. get a frostbite and in arizona i had 125 degrees at night you know and the 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 streets radiating so when people tell me it's too hot i say it's not we're really privileged yes so i think this is the place to live it Mm -hmm. and when you maybe turn around and look at the other things here in the alchemist chambers yes (laughs) these are kind of the reflective adaptations of saying well here we should uh, so
0: what is this building is it this is a
1: this is uh so pretty much i you know, and, and usually we should actually be outside my favorite office and also teaching classroom is you will have a show and you did one. You just have to put it up with the DeSoto mm-hmm. that is about Osipov's yes. work. And the late Osipov building is we one we have here at yes. the Tropical Brutalist Osipov building that the Department of Planning is lucky to have mm-hmm. as their building. And that's where I primarily prefer to be. And. This is unfortunately here air conditioned. This is why I'm wearing a sweater. And if we would be in Germany, it's freezing now, so I would be more bundled up. Right? Wow. And my parents taught me how to layer, so here I teach myself to strip naked, right. to re naked, to re wild architecture. Wow! And that is a is a uh, I think is the opportunity for us here where we can afford that because nowhere else in the world. So all these buildings wow. I've been doing over there. Yes. yes. You know, there's no way to do this. Um, um, here, because that's just the wrong way, because you just overdress. Buildings just overdress, right? Okay,
0: so though you would say that those buildings in Germany are overdressed for this climate? Yeah, no, definitely. And, and unfortunately, but not for that climate, so you just. No,
1: and this is what our friend and ThinkTech Hawaii colleague and longest standing host, Howard Wigg, mm. is opting for, who works for DBED, which is the Department of De- e- Economical uh, Development, and with he is the advisor. For the state, as far as energy, mm-hmm. and he's sort of saying the IBC, the International Building Code, that we adopted uncritically from the mainland, mm-hmm. uh, is wrong. Right. And he fought successfully to change it and to recognize um, what's so particular for us and what's so specific. So mm-hmm. when you want to again want to know what this building here yes. is, I told you a little bit about So this is a model that its you its made. Its name. Yeah, and it's basically me as the coach, together with the emerging generation, mm-hmm. I call the generation post-fossil.
0: Post-fossil? Yeah, because not they generation will... Generation
1: Z. No, and they will basically, um, you know, build a future Got that is carbon neutral and then is off the grid.
0: So, and you believe this will happen? This is not a pipeline? I think it will this happen.
1: It's only a question of when and not if. And so... Uh, this is, uh, this is a series of projects, and another one is actually behind you there. Okay. If you want to switch the camera to this side here too. Oops. These are called primitivas, okay. and I already gave you a glimpse when we talked last time what that is referring to. You remember so that? Uh, let's so let's
0: talk about that
1: you remember what Primitive uh, I Well,
0: I did listen to some of the music that you put me on to. <laughs> yeah, which here I'm very you. much enjoying. Yeah, I see. Tropical and, exotic. Exactly. Okay.
1: And that was Martin Denny and Dennis Baxter and Arthur Lehman who basically said, you know, let's envision this place because this place, ever mm-hmm. since Cook came here, Yes. Our Captain Cook. It is not Cook. the same place anymore and will never be. It's a place that opened up and, and let's have it been opened up for the good mm-hmm. and that's obviously Cook didn't just bring good things and that's why they hit him on the head and <laughs> taught him that the hard way yeah. right so but other people like the mid-century architects and I'm the founding board member of Doko Momo which is uh, the organize it's a national organization that we opened the chapter in Hawaii some few years ago and that if you spell it out it's documenting and conserving the modern movement mm-hmm. in mid-century anyone who came here had just this attitude like okay I'm privileged to be at the most beautiful place in the world so I'm going to do my very very best much better than I would have done anywhere else and that attitude for and this is probably for many other shows or a PhD which I will never do a question of sociology and psychology why do we have lost that today it's more like we dump stuff here that we wouldn't do any, even in, anywhere else we do it here we have to stop that we have to reconnect to so, so you're, sh-
0: you're talking about the way things are being built here yeah. is just disrespectful essentially
1: yeah and they were very respectful to begin with in the mid-century all the people mm-hmm. no matter where they came from Osipov was genetically Russian and grew up in Japan right yes and, and many consider him to be the Hawaiian architect and obviously not genetically but attitude-wise. Right. And there were many other ones who came from all over the world. Ephra Price was uh, was from Austria, and then Pete Wimbley was from America. So you get these people, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from as long as you have the right attitude, and they had. So we try to reconnect to that. And These mm-hmm. are called Primitivas in homage to a main album by... Martin Denny mm-hmm. and his buddies from Exotica. Mm-hmm. And it basically said, let's imagine this place, wh- what it could be, and how paradisal it could be. There goes your light again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll get it right one day, Martin. <laughs> no
1: problem. And so uh, these are basically bare to the bones. This is developed with Grace Pacific rockery Mountain Precast, who is the industry here with the most potential. They're out there in in the West at a Okay. And they're concrete prefab. Company, and what is it again? Grace Pacific Rocky Mountain Precast. Again, they come actually from Colorado originally, but mm-hmm. they came here a long time ago, and they got all the technology to be able to make buildings very efficient and effective mm-hmm. to prefab them out there in mm-hmm. their plant and truck them out and put them together. So this really? is basically a, 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 a you know a kit of parts put together very 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 fast, and then you basically have the inhabitants uh, basically finish it and and give the soft infill and so uh, here the major facade is basically uh, a vegetated one and um, so this is a detail model down here where um, we if you bring the camera up again you can see here the little slices of paradise these are kind of pizza mm-hmm. shaped pieces that you know, people call these the micro-units or the micro-apartments, so they're Mm -hmm. very multifunctional, you can fold things in and out, and then your facade basically becomes uh, vegetated, so you have a trough here, and when the rain comes, the rain is going to feed the plants, but the plant's going to keep the rain from entering your place further, Mm -hmm. and you can potentially grow some of your food. This isn't
0: open air, is it?
1: This isn't open air, this is just a section of okay. the larger model, and this cutout is also the, the missing piece is down here, so right. it's not supposed to be open, but right. it just shows how the anatomy of the building is. Uh-huh. And then it has an open courtyard, right? which is like a vertical jungle, and that allows cross ventilation mm-hmm. because you get the breeze through and then you get the stack effect and it drags the hot air out of the building. So you can actually live very comfortably, again, mm-hmm. in a non-air-conditioned building, or I should say, in a naturally with the best and the cheapest air conditioning in the world, which are the trade winds. Wow. So u- utilize what we have.
0: Wow. Right. So this is an air-conditionless building prototype yes. for yeah. Ho- Honolulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- talk to me about this.
1: Well, that's, that's an abstraction of vegetation being a fenestration. So you don't okay. have any glass or ah, No else. glass. You just live out there in the open. And I'm practicing that. Really? own I'm my own, on my own uh, sort of uh, testing model um, because I live in an apartment building mm-hmm. in the Waikiki Grand. Oh, you that's do? That's a very uh, inclusive building. And um, I have... Um, one of these nasty single wall unit air condition that come with it that was never plugged in and will never be plugged in right because i have a sliding door and glass louvers Uh and
0: they're always open what about mosquitoes do you Um, get mosquitoes or the flying cockroaches there's
1: uh yeah it's nature and i'm i consider myself being part
0: of nature so i don't mind you put on do you put on mozzie repellent well there's there's
1: always um You know, um, Thomas Lim is a colleague and friend and works at the uh, uh, department over there of tropical plants and soil science. And he says whenever there's a problem in nature for us, there's a solution for that. Right. Right. so there's actually lemongrass or citronella as plants that you just keep close to yourself uh-huh. and you start to vegetate your place. Right. And then, Do you
0: have the citronella b- burning all night in the uh, summer? No,
1: or? just the plant does Just it. the plant. Just the plant. And I have a, a, a recent uh, little uh, pet that's a gecko. And he I know of him because he makes funny noises up there. And I have less mosquito, mosquitoes, and I can only imagine because of him or her. I don't know what the gender is, right? <laughs> so that's how this works. Wow. So I, don't, I don't have all these. And if problems. you have a
0: bug come in, you say hello. We are. I,
1: I say hello, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I have this is a sad story. I have actually two neighbors who uh, are fully uh, air conditioned. Yeah. And two, both of them have developed the same kind of cancer recently and no. have luckily, through extreme. Um, you know, management and self discipline been able to uh manage it and knock on wood. But again, am we can't prove but I'm just saying, you know, I think we're 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 made to live naturally.
0: You're and, very and, anti and, and, air conditioning. And
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and and if we can if there's any place in the world and I know this because I've been in other places in the world where I wasn't able to do it, right? I needed to basically cover me up in layers right but here we Feel don't have to so it I think I think this is something and, and if not for certainly for people who come here when I came here for the interview for my job they put me up in the Alamoana hotel mm-hmm. and that was in March and you know at that time even in the desert you know the mornings are rather chilly mm-hmm. so I basically came and I was um, they I entered my hotel room and uh, the doors were closed and the ac blasted and there was this thermostat and said like 75 and i'm like well this is like what it was outside so i turned it off i opened the doors i slept with the doors open mm-hmm. in march and i said this is it count me in mm-hmm. uh, i mean that, that sold me on the place so i think that's the way even for people visiting so this goes to the tourist industry and yep. talking you know howard and Economy and ecology in best place, sort of marrying each other or you know, cross pollinating each other. Um, I think if we educate our visitors and don't consider them tourists anymore, Mm -hmm. but short term occupants Mm -hmm. and neighbors, and if we get them excited about it and saying, you know, why do you want to come here if you then want to basically live the same for the short time, sit in the same room with the same machine blasting, why do you come here? Then you can stay at home. True. But rather sort of re-celebrating our unique selling proposition, which Mm -hmm. my partner Suzanne taught me because she comes from a business background, so thank you, Suzanne, for that, and celebrating that, right, and re-celebrating that totally and marketing it that way. So
0: marketing it as um, a climate, as, as what? As a place where... Because I, do, I don't I do have air conditioning. Yep,
1: there you go. But
0: if I could, <laughs> I would want it, you know. Well, but that would uh, require for me to be more comfortable changing the way I responded well, to I climate. Mean, and cert- in that, like, instead of being annoyed and hot and humid, yeah, yeah. I would have to retrain my mind to be it's, like, this is nice, this bo- is part of everything. It's
1: both ways. I mean, yeah. my place, for example, was designed by uh, Ernest Hara. And I have, um, my building has two legs. One leg is a single loaded corridor that we wish we would have again. Yeah. But that's a question of the developers, you know, prefer to do the double loaded because then they're saving. Right. So, you know, this is why Primitiva, one, try to solve it that way with a, the core. You don't steal away a lot of square footage from the tower but still get all the benefits from a single loaded corridor. Mm -hmm. While when you turn around again, please, to the other one, Primitiva 2 is going to the next step that is way more challenging and challenging you because this is just basically, once again, the bare bones, it has one core, and then it has the floor slabs attached to that. And then without costing any more, we attach them... On different height levels, so you get this what we call split level Mm -hmm. and it makes uh, you feel not having to overcome one floor but only half floor so it's like very sort of gently kind of meandering down it's Uh almost like cascading down yeah and then you know you see you might say well the model is not finished because I don't see any interior partitions and of course I don't see facade and then there is no such thing it's basically recognizing when you I mean, last time when we met, you know, yes. at, at ThinkTech, you know, I know you were on the beach before because yes. I saw your sand on yeah. you, right? <laughs> so then people, like, on the, on the weekends, that's how the locals live, right? Right. They move to the beach. Yeah. And DeSoto told me, actually, of a friend of his from his childhood or later who basically moved seasonally to the beach. Really? Like in the summer, he just moved to the beach with a tent and stuff like that and lived there. And then, you know, the society start to control that because they didn't want that. But that's where the problem starts, right? People right. people do that. So this is recognizing why can't we basically cultivate that and say we're basically nomads. Yeah. And we're sort of more temporarily settling as nomads do, whenever we do. So within that we can yeah. have our additional privacy bubbles, cocoons. Yes. That, you know, we can maybe then like the native Americans in their tippy basically store away for the time we're not there.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: we just live like on the beach, so which we love the most. So yes. why don't we do this? And you yeah. can, you can imagine that's going to be the most, um, economical building you can build because you just have the bare bones and all this other stuff you don't need here. Uh-huh. You just don't have.
0: So you're to, so you're rewilding architecture, yeah. which I know my, my title mm-hmm. now. Um, is there is this revolutionary or do you think this is i mean you're obviously responding to climate which has always been traditional yeah, in the yeah. way architects have yeah, come yeah. And, and done so here with the inside yeah. out, outside space right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but are pe- do people think you're bonkers
1: certainly yes and i take this <laughs> as the biggest compliment you know but uh <laughs> on a more serious note of course i would be thrilled if people w- can keep thinking that but then yes. thinking we also need to do this so the best Situation I had in a similar setting where I was actually with uh, developers on the island, you know, um, I started to have a connection with Kamehameha School, who is Uh the largest landowner that traced back to Hawaiian royalty, right, and they Mm -hmm. have the most land and they got to live up to uh, both sort of the economical obligation of their Mm trusts and not diminish that, but in best case, grow that, right, to... Um, take care of the future generations of people from here Mm -hmm. and that's the cultural obligation as of now they've been a little bit struggling with the cultural obligation because they've been building the same invasive kind of buildings more or less than anyone else has been doing so I when so I was uh having a chat just like with you with uh with Bob Oda from Kamehameha School and he's now retired so hi Bob and uh, but they brought him back actually because he's so good to keep consulting on Kakaako Uh they're part of Kakaako Uh and I had been keeping and bugging you know Bob with this and you know to a point then when I finally we we got to the conclusion and I said can I present it to you again he said Martin I know it already and I know where you come from and really and I said yes really please and so we had a in our conversation at the beginning he said okay I know you're just like how you said and then within the discussion he always you know stopped and said well this aspect could really be interesting for these people with this point of view and that aspect for the other people and it concluded almost like you know turning 180 degrees at the end of the the talk as he said Martin you know actually I believe this is the future mm-hmm. the only question to me is are we ready for it yet?
0: Right, it's crazy isn't it yeah. because we're at this this crossroads where we, we do have migration, local migration yeah. to Kaka'ako yeah. because of the High-rise, air-conditioned yeah. bubbles, yeah. Uh, comfort yeah. living, yeah. Yeah. and yet yeah. rising sea levels, yeah. changes in climate, yeah. A, yeah. a real oppression yeah. 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 to to the situation. Yeah. But yeah. we just haven't caught up. Yeah, yeah. you uh, Do you know that play, um, Ionesco, the um, the, rhinoceros? Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. Mm-hmm. the rhinoceros? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're the rhinoceros. Well, yeah. well yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, but sooner or later.
1: And, and so we have to go from both ways. And certainly, I appreciate your sort of self-awareness or self-criticism to mm. say, well. When, and I am I understand that in order to get you hooked on the crazy ideas and go along with it, right, we have to make sure the buildings are more, um, you know, conducive of natural living. Yes. So when you're, I assume, in your building, you're not comfortable... Because it's not built perfectly, right? It's well, so we it's got a house, to, and yeah. in, but
0: I don't have open, wide open see? doors in see? my bedroom. So first the, of
1: all, we have to do the very best as far as to design it you know, with yes. the natural elements yes. so you would feel comfortable. And then you come from the other way mm-hmm. and basically say, well, now I then embrace that. You know? yes. And I don't see any of the natural things as problematic anymore. I mm. see them actually as wonderful. Right. Might it be the rain? yeah might it be the wind, might it be the gecko, might it be the mosquito right and
0: might, might it be as I said like the the changing of the way I don't know I have a friend who you know told me about sort of when you're when you're when you're going to sleep and you're hot, just start to imagine that you, yeah. Uh, that, that the exactly. heat is responding to you. Exactly. You are responding to the heat. You are yeah. at one with it. It's and you're expanding out into yeah. the universe and, with that heat. And, and sweating
1: is a yeah. good thing, right? Yes, because it it's is. Our well, natural air conditioning. So that's yeah. the way we were designed, <laughs> right, to cool ourselves, right. right. And so why?
0: Well, we didn't grow up with air conditioning in Australia. See. Actually, yeah. we, the, the houses. I mean, it was old Victorian. I grew up yeah, in a yeah. Victorian yeah, house, yeah. and it was mm-hmm. high ceilings. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There you go. Maybe you want to turn the camera yeah. around to this part here because I think this is important for me too, too that we need to go back. Uh, Can you
0: explain if, Yeah, if I could, at? if
1: I could break through this wall here yeah. which I'm actually planning to do because there's my dear colleague Bundit. Oh, yes. Kanista Khan, who's from Thailand. So oh, yes. We get another culture being interested in the same thing. Uh-huh. And he's our foodie guy and our culinary expert. And he always says, well, when you... Are hungry you might have an idea about what you're up for right Mm -hmm. what is my hunger you know i'm not for pasta or for fish or whatever but then you go and get the ingredients right and then you put them together and pasta you know you get the noodles and you boil the water and then you do the sauce right yeah so this is pretty much i think we should return because as of now the problem is where we We got ourselves this sort of this Amazon mindset Mm -hmm. of I can just go and then by button pushing, get the cheapest material from wherever. And And make
0: and have the pasta ready.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And that is sort of a pre, I mean, these kind of, you know, and then we got all these artificial things in there because then that's the way that people make money. Right. And then we we end up, you know, with all this mess. right? Right. So we need to. Go back to the, the local ingredients. The ingredient, the and local ingredients. And these are them here. Okay.
0: This so what are we looking at? This
1: is something here I have brought with me again, and in, in hopefully. So these are in, wood in slats. In these are wooden uh, examples, but it's basically on uh, based on um, some many years ago. I was uh, probably my most our most ambitious project is. Let's see where I can get it here. Made it on the title page of this magazine here, and it's. A school for mentally disabled children back in Germany. Mm, These might actually be this. Here might be better to show. And this is the detail magazine. That's like when I tell my emerging generation this is the best Christmas gift to ask for because they, different than most other publications, they are about the making and the thinking of mm-hmm. architecture. So detail magazine, and mm-hmm. then they show actually in drawings and they redraw your construction oh, wow. documents, right? And it shows. So this school here is because we, I never knew any disabled people, so I had to mm-hmm. learn. And when I learned, I was almost saying I can't build for them, at least not in the, in the standard Um, stereotypical way because I learned that they need to be addressed with all their senses and as of Mm -hmm. now I believe they're actually way more normal than we consider to be normal people because we are conditioned to as long things look good it's okay Uh but they're not happy with that Uh they need to touch they need to smell they need to taste Uh so we obligated ourselves to say I need to make a building that feels good that sounds well and that tastes good well you know, that's pretty bold promise to a client. I make a building you can lick, right? And that's ah. what we promise. So we ended up with solid timber as a construction. No interior finishing. This is pretty much it. And it had to have a rain screen. And the rain screen I wanted to make out of the same material, but you can't use spruce or pine wood as an exterior cladding. So I ran into, actually, this is my, which I kept my very first piece of what you call thermally modified timber Oof. here. And this is pretty much... Many cultures in the world have um, have experimented with that. I mean, once people, you know, accidentally, uh, you know, learned how to make fire, they equally accidentally at some point learned when you don't burn the wood, but, you know, just before it burns, you take it out, that it basically enhances some properties of the wood mm-hmm. and the... Uh, You know, the Vikings have done that with the bodies of their wooden ships. Mm -hmm. The Germans have done it to their oak foundations of their buildings. Mm -hmm. Japanese are still doing it to their teacups. And Native Americans have done that to the tip of their peak from their bows, you know. And then the Germans and Americans have started in the 1930s to look more commercially into, into that. And then the war killed it all. And then Scandinavians picked it up again. And now, with a dear friend of mine, Patrick Donahue, who's at the University of Minnesota, we're trying to bring it to this culture here and country. What you do is you apply a certain amount of heat to the wood in a kiln with negative pressure. So you take the oxygen out so it doesn't burn. And it basically bakes the wood with all its ingredients inside and closes the cell, and that's an irreversible process. Mm-hmm. And so the, the wood is more resistant to... Insect and biological attack. Really? So it basically bums up the resistance class. A piece of pine wood that only lasted so long now has the resistance equivalent to teak wood. So I'm calling and I'm opening this up because I have all these crazy ideas, but then Mm -hmm. I probably have attention deficit (laughs) disorder or something because I'm all over the place. I need other people who take it from there. This is actually just a, a... a branch a, a, you know part of a branch of a tree that we basically threw into the kiln yeah and so that's what it so does so you're it basically
0: to testing this out
1: yeah and we're saying this could be my my sort of pitch is I yes. call this the new Hawaii wood uh-huh. and before it gets into the building industry which takes so long and it's quite the effort I think we should rent a store next to Martin and MacArthur, which is this local store that makes all these little gadgets, you know, iPhone cases and watches out of Koa wood. Well, they have certain, you know, shops around the islands. And so they always claim, well, we only use dead Koa. And I'm saying, okay, sorry, how much dead Koa is there out there, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to, and they sell their iPhone cases out of this dead Koa. So I think we should, for 200 bucks, and I think we should sell, one for 130 bucks yeah and basically says ours is better because you can use any kind of invasive wood species here sure. like albicia or other ones you have to Ye- take out and replace with endemic and indigenous again uh-huh. and use this wood right and then of course you need a renewable energy source to basically run the kilns but we're the place with the most renewable energy sources here so it's a no-brainer and you create jobs and you create an industry out of it right and mm-hmm. then you basically say well here is our evolved kind of local wood because Mm -hmm. I as you can tell from the projects I've been telling you the kindergarten we talked about before Mm -hmm. is a wood frame building and this one is a solid wood so a a tectonic wooden building and this other one the school for disabled is a stereotomic wood building so many call me a woodpecker Mm -hmm. and when I came here you know I'm flying with the airplane everything looked green so I assume there's a lot of wood but as far as feeding our Big need of housing, right? And growing, the wood is just not usable. So mm-hmm. we need to reinvent ourselves, right? So it goes when you go back through other categories that we probably don't have the time to go through. But I believe. Well, one one last thing, maybe very interesting here. We're we're looking. This is a uh, my mentee here, Kelihi, mm-hmm. who is uh, basically looking. Guess what kind of wood that is? Make a guess. I don't know. So you're very familiar to Sandalwood. these. Sandalwood. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're no, that—that's no. This is a very familiar. This is like the, oh. the symbol of tropical islands. What tree is that? Palm tree. There you go. Oh. There you go. Wow. So would is that
0: not used much?
1: It, 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 it is. It is. But he's pushing it to the next level and basically, um, proposing a solid timber system, uh, not unlike this one
0: here. Oh wow.
1: Um, this is how we had um, pretty this much... Is sta-
0: this is stacked together, this is four nailed...
1: Yeah, this is actually cross-nailed timber, you call that. And once when I was flying back from my visits back in Germany, I was surprised the customs didn't, or the, the security, mm didn't catch me and think this is some (laughs) ammunition for a machine gun so So these are aluminum nails that this uh, Austrian company suggests to put things together
0: aluminum nails
1: but there's a better one that's this one here this is a this sorry this is a German but at the at the Austrian border Mm -hmm. but this one here um, is is an even better one that's back fasteners and they basically use a a beach wood dowel of this kind here mm-hmm. and they basically shoot it in there with a gun oh. and it basically <coughs> is a is kind of mechanical welding it's based upon when you do this to your hand it gets warm right mm-hmm. and the more you do it the hotter it gets mm-hmm. and this does it so fast so it basically melts the dowel into the wood, oh, wow. And, and, wow. and fastens it mechanically through friction welding. We call this friction and welding.
0: How is this a benefit?
1: So he's all? he's proposing, you know, as of now when you have transit-oriented developments, right, mm-hmm. and you want to build where the transit stations are, and you want to build housing, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And what are the materials? So the the f- the wood frame industry tries to, but then when you get to multiple stories, it's tough because of the fire rating, right? Mm-hmm. So you can do the concrete industry, which I'm a big fan to work with, as you can tell. And here's the sort of cementageous category here. Okay. There's even uh, 3D printing out of concrete. You can oh, do things wow. like that, too. But again, pro, you know, concrete is one way, but then this is another way, and there's many ways, and we should do all of these ways and more. But Kalihi basically says, why don't you basically cut boards out of coconuts? and then you cross nail them with a wooden nail and then this could be the material you make, you mass produce basically housing, right? Coconuts and palm trees. Manufactured housing out of palm trees. Has this
0: happened? It it,
1: it will happen because all these emerging guys will make it happen. That's why it's so exciting to be with them as a coach and you know sharing my battle wounds and bruises. Right, so and we were
0: talking before um, about you, you seeing yourself as a coach versus um, a professor.
1: Yeah, I don't have any training in professing and I never thought <laughs> and I never think I will be one but I come from practice and I have my experience and just like when you're in professional football you have your years on the turf and then no matter when but it will come when the next generation is up for being there and when you have some experience you. You know you're happy to be asked to coach and give Mm -hmm. some advice and Mm -hmm. that's how so i think this generation will do things like that yes and it's very and it's very important and you make housing you know that not only makes sense economically Mm -hmm. and ecologically right but it also makes sense uh as far as phenomenologically Mm -hmm. so it's like how do they feel right so if you're like and i know this from my projects the kids, you know, the handicapped kids, you know, they're much more happy and right. healthy in an all-wood environment than they would be in some kind of framed and gypsum boarded sheetrock kind right. of stuff, you know, right. that then molds, by the way, if we and we do this here. you mm-hmm. know, I mean This is, unfortunately, here you see these spots, I'm joking and saying this is kind of like simulating green roofs on, a mo- on an architectural model, but this is actually mold. Uh. So that's why I am not, and on my books here you have you have these spots and these are molds. And this is
0: from Mano- because Manoa is.
1: Well, uh, this is Manoa is wet, yes, yes. but this is because there is this artificial so system installed, yeah, right. And look at the water damage here on the,
0: oh, yeah. on the stuff,
1: <laughs> and that's why these buildings here, yeah. you know, are, are all open and, they're right. all and are they are not hermetic,
0: right? And they embrace
1: her- the elements, yes. right? This yeah. is this is by the way, if you want to take a look
0: oh at wow. that in here too and this is um, residential, no, residential this could
1: be this could be residential we said the, the best way to pitch it would be the new farmhouses because on a large scale on a macro scale i mm-hmm. believe we need to on this island stop building anywhere new but the city so we have to consolidate the city make the city a city which it has a potential but isn't really. And then, in order then to keep the country country, that famous term, right? But yep. to actually do it. So that way, but then we need new farmers and then need new farmhouses. And this here is comprised of what we call uh, cargo steel, mm-hmm. in trying to avoid the term shipping containers, because if I say that, everyone has a preconceived notion if he or she likes that or not. Yes. So we avoid that. We just say, hey, how about this one here? This is a pinwheeling constellation of four things Mm -hmm. in a central courtyard. Uh, You might like this here, um, you know, this makes you very warm hearted because this system here, when Mm -hmm. I came here and I was asked to um, reconsider the way the locals live within the Department of Hawaiian homelands, I thought like why do they ask this German dude (laughs) who just came here via the desert and the prairie and from Germany well, it turned out no one else wanted it because it was such a hot topic, so I was like, it was more a crash test, and I was uh-huh. the dummy. Uh-huh. And it was a great ride and a great mm. experience, and then they said, well, why don't you come to prepare yourself? Why don't you go to the BIA shows, the Building Industry Associations, mm-hmm. and they have these shows, these trade shows, dog and mm-hmm. pony shows mm-hmm. up at the convention center, yeah. and I saw this sort of like ocean of just like meaningless and useless materials that they sell to us that yeah. they think we should want. Uh-huh. So in this ocean of ugliness, I saw this island of hope. Yes. And this comes from where you come from, really from Australia. And this is called EcoShade. And okay. it's a system of aluminum louvers Yeah. that open and close. And they close so tight. And they have a r- rain gutter and system included. And you can actually have a little rain sensor it basically then opens and closes them when needed and I fell in love with that and mm-hmm. ever since M and I said, Well this is how I wanna build you know, that, that should be my roof. Because I wanna sleep and this goes back to my family, so the roof terrace that my parents rented places had, the few weeks in the year when it was temperature wise okay to sleep there, I wanted to sleep under the stars and my parents let me. Yes. And whenever it rained they took me inside. Right. Yes. So I'm I have this sort of you know, childhood fetishism with, yes. a, with the outdoors, and so here where I can do this 12 months, yes. I want to do that, Yes, so I and think this is my roof here, this is know, amazing that you brought you me p- well, from th- Australia, you're
0: welcome right? <laughs> I mean, I fetishize the outside too, Australians we, you know, yeah. even with all the m- mosquitoes and yeah. the flies and etc, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, do you think it's a problem of the conception of Hawaii from the mainland as a destination holiday where you have your Mai Tai and um, your feet up and, the, and and it's kinda yeah. Is that the problem? Like well that wasn't the problem, the problem because, because the, a, the a Maita a as we talked is yes. nothing
1: else but the culinary equivalent to the exotica music, right? And this is sort of an imagination of paradise. Yes. Yes. And so it's fictional, right? But in a in a positive way. I mean this is mid century America. Mm. Everyone dreamed of Hawaii and yep. there were all these tiki restaurants the all over the United States and the polynesian pop right mm-hmm. was a big thing mm-hmm. but it, it, it and then when people basically came here thanks to the architects and the musicians and everyone they really lived that dream right? yeah yeah well now yes oddly i celebrated my birthday i think two years ago in in trader vicks mm-hmm. and the in the basement of the most expensive hotel in munich germany mm-hmm. And that is a way more ticky Polynesian pop place than any of the ones we have left on the island. Right. So we really need to sort of re- reconsider our legacy. Yes. And our legacy is, you know, Bill, who you just ran into before you came here, who's mm-hmm. the actual head and the dean of the school. His favorite place was the Tahitian Lanai, and that was where the... Uh, uh, as in
0: the Tahitian um, in on the Gold Coast, that building.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as that one, and yeah. this this Tahitian Lanai was part of the um, the Hilton Hawaiian Village mm-hmm. out there in Waikiki, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was this outdoorsy thing that was with the mai tais, and you sit outside, and you 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 hear the ocean, and you you watch the ocean, and you were a part of that. And and I think we should just recultivate that. Right. I mean it has to do a lot to do with education, obviously. Education is key. Education. So
0: what about budgets? Uh, economics? Um, You're saying people are just using cheap materials now, and they've they've lost. Yeah, their they're way of
1: they're. It. I, if they would only be cheap, I think they're they're invasive, and they're uh-huh. just. We I think. Th- the good thing is here that well, where I come from, building a passive house or building to the passive house system, which is the most rigorous energy rating system, you know, and probably will come to the U.S. as well. It was invented by an Austrian and then Mm -hmm. mainly, you know, first started in Germany. So Mm -hmm. it means the building cannot use more energy than 15 kilowatt hours per square meter per year. Mm -hmm. And this translates, if you're not, you know, systems guy, it translates into the size of a hairdryer.
0: Oh wow. And, and I they're need,
1: achieving so it. I know, but, <laughs> but both for heating and cooling. Yes. Right? And, and so And they're achieving this. But it's they're happening. achieving this, but the effort as as demonstrated in in these in these projects here, um, is so um, is so uh, humongous. So these are all projects, you know, this is sort of like an assortment mm-hmm. in this book here about 1000 tips 1000 ticks so by 100, 100 architects. architects. So and I don't like actually that sort of label because I think um, Why? my dear uh, mentor, um, Patrick Rand from North Carolina State once I think phrased it beautifully by saying, you know, sustainability should be like gravity. You deal with it no matter what. You can't make a building that you deny gravity, then it falls down. So in this day and age at the beginning of the 21st century, you should never ignore ecology it should be an inherent part of what you do.
0: Yeah, exactly, and not a marginalized thing, but actually the central. Exactly.
1: Mm. Yeah, but the effort again to make to make more than a foot thick walls in a temperate climate, triple glazed glass panes, and all this stuff is such a tremendous effort, right? That you go through, and it obviously has a cost, has a price tag to it. So people in other climates can say, well, I'm not sure enough. I'm short-minded. And I'm just looking, and never mind. A passive house pays off after six years; it breaks even. Really? Because well, you never have any energy costs, right? right? So you pay that little extra, and then after a few years, it pays, pays off. Mm-hmm. But Americans have never been, you know, that great and looking that far. They've always been like the wagon train, and we build fast and cheap, and then move on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the right intellectual legacy behind that uh-huh. mentality but, but in again here, yeah. but here in Hawaii we mm-hmm. have the chance to actually um, you know, kill two birds with one stone yes. and basically use less material and build with less Yes. and it's cheaper and it's just like the analogy of the most challenging show DeSoto and I have coming up is going to be called Address Code Address Code is the relationship of skins or first and second and third one mm-hmm. right And basically, if you leave things away as facades, I mean, usually when you're an advocate for high ceilings where you come from, I mean, that's the key. Developers hate it because it means more cost, right? Mm -hmm. Higher ceiling means, but what is more cost? More cost is because your envelope is becoming bigger. So there's more square footage of glass. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have glass, and if you have a green facade, if your stuff just grows taller, Mm it doesn't cost more, right? So here we have the unique potential... To basically save on energy, save on money, and gain. And I think that that is the place. That's why I came here and it was a little bit of a waking up and sobering up. Once I saw that my ambitions were in quite in compliance with reality, okay. but as you can tell, I'm not giving up. It's more Good. the opposite,
0: and it's changing. yeah.
1: It, I think it is changing, and it's but it's changing through education. Right. Again, that's why I'm privileged to work with the emerging generation, post fossil, who's going to bring this back, and they're going to educate, and the tourist industry has to be educated to then educate their future visitors. And saying you would want maybe a more inclusive experience when you're in Hawaii, and so we also need to be more multifunctional. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my place, the Waikiki Grand is like the United Nations. you got people of all sorts, rich people, poor people, working class people, retired people, people of all different sexual orientations. When I came with two bags in a week and I found this place, I was so happy, and I told everyone, and they were saying, oh, Martin, we didn't know, <laughs> and then, like, what? Well, the reason was because it has Honolulu's oldest gay bar in the in, in, in the house. Oh, hula's. So, yeah, hula's. Oh, um, I, so right. it's I it's was there the other night. <laughs> See, there you go. So it, it, it is, and you know, it has an open lobby.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And you can walk up to any floor, to any unit, mm. and it's Neighborhood Watch. Really? That's how it works. Really? And there's no enforcement, there's no security, there's no paranoia, you know, of... Do you find things.
0: Americans n- more neurotic than, um, or ang- anxious than?
1: I, yes. What what can I say? And you know, for t- I've been I'm now American for two years on top yes. of my German, so right. I can more, I guess, safely say the
0: that.
1: The Germans allowed you to have dual citizenship. Um, sorry for that. Here we go. Turn it off. It's we don't have any. We don't have button here. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but but again, it's like um, it's we got these good raw models I mean I live in a place that's really you know I live the easy breezy I live outdoors I live yeah. inclusive yeah and it's a great community and everyone supports each other you know so why couldn't we do this on on the next scale and and Different buildings and why don't, and it's great. I guess you just need
0: a doorman or things like that. I mean, we do have have crime, we We have that, we have homeless, yeah, yeah, drugs, yeah. yeah, But
1: but it's like you know, we have, and you've been in the lobby, the lobby is the big living room, yes. And then there is a, I think, $70,000 piano there, that a former resident donated. And if you are on the street and also, you know, as much as I avoid to say shipping container and say cargo steel, mm-hmm. I avoid to say homeless and I call right. it urban nomads, right, so if urban an nomad nomad we comes we in, In Australia,
0: we call them rough sleepers. Oh,
1: great. Yeah. Yep. That's w- uh, equally more respectful, right? Mm-hmm. And so we uh, basically, some come in and mm-hmm. if they behave they get the key and they play on the $70,000 piano right right
0: actually I, I was up at Tucker and Bevy this morning uh-huh. yeah next go. door right. and actually one time I was there someone grabbed a sandwich I was with a couple of Australians and they were like and then left and, and they told the counter woman and she said oh that that's fine
1: you see yeah so taking care of each other yeah and that's going back to the original way because that's how well any culture work but Hawaiians as well. Yeah, they were just saying, "Well, we take care of this." Is how we do it, and no one falls behind. So,
0: with your post-fossil generation that you're teaching, you are you finding this more open-minded collective living uh, mentality?
1: Well, it's it's sort of a voyage, right? I mean, people don't come from there; they they're products, you know, of fossil 20th century mindset yeah right? so we got to transition ourselves into yes. this yeah and it's through education and yeah. discussion and reflection yeah. and and trying you know and being yeah. being, and f- being fearless and you know i'm we've just been doing uh we're doing uh three shows on the on the halikulani which mm-hmm. uh, a new friend of ours ronald lindgren has been designing in the 80s and uh I, it's on my morning workout route so i'm like pretty naked you know just cover the bare parts Mm -hmm. just like the indigenous people did you you
0: run with just a loincloth
1: pretty much yeah (laughs) which are now swim trunks you know exactly and i'm bare feet and i get my slippers in my hand you know Mm -hmm. and that way i detour myself from running on the beach Mm -hmm. through the Mm halakalani and so um while it's certainly an elitist place because the rooms are five hundred dollars and up right so it's not egalitarian what I'm dreaming of right. here. But it is not exclusive. It's inclusive because mm-hmm. it lets like bums like me right. go through there. And they got security people and they watch out. Yeah. And they make sure I'm not, you know, letting the rest go and right. go fully naked.
0: And that's aloha too. And right? that is I aloha. Mean, like and they
1: see, uh, uh, like you know, and they respect me as yeah. as part of the As a local nata. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so that that is beautiful i think we yes. should and and these are examples where i mean you know mine is the two star hotel you mm-hmm. know and this is the five star hotel mm-hmm. right so it's it's different but it works in both ways and right. so why don't we apply this to
0: Absolutely, custo- the custom, so that yeah. visitors or temporary dwellers um, yeah. realize that they, when they're coming here, there is an aloha spirit, yeah. and that, that comes with the exclusivity and e- ecology first. Exactly, and mm. then they
1: will behave as if they were be at home, where they have to behave, mm. so they can't mm. just trash and, and basically deplete, yes. they have to basically add to a place and enrich a place, and why can't you yes. have, I know the Airbnb is a touchy subject, yes. but somehow if you if you allow i mean this kind of timeshare which has been sort of corrupted by com- commerce right mm-hmm. and capitalism but if you think it over uh that maybe you can you can share and desoto was telling me that you know uh, you know in the just past the war you know that was actually practice that actually local people and then the the GIs you know they were like living together so why Ah. can't we bring this back together where you know you don't rent your place out to make money I mean that's probably then putting a burden on the housing market and all this stuff but once you say you know I have someone visiting and I take care of him and I show him around and and he also comes and brings things with him or her right Mm. and that way you can basically you know uh know maybe find more again that's that's like what primitiva too tries to promote
0: right a kind of co- sort of capitalism
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and, and then of course you know people could be afraid and could say you know it's all socialism or even sure worse. well that
0: which is the problem i mean there's a whole lot of
1: but but we got to rethink the systems if you look at the very top what do you think what that is up there On the roof. Oh,
0: it looks like a hamster
1: wheel. Perf. Wow! You're like you're like you hit it. You hit the things on their head. It is. It is. So we're we're revisiting uh, past practices, like in the Netherlands, where they have the big warehouses, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't have fossil fuels and to move things up. They basically had big wooden hamster wheels yeah. on the roof. Really? And it took one person really? to run in there no. to lift up the heavy coffee bags wow. and carpets, so, whatever. So if had. there's
0: what, how many um, units there? If there's 50 units, you just have one every 50 days you have to go run run the hamster wheel?
1: It, it, it's just a collective thing <laughs> that you say, you know, and first of all, you want to encourage part of my Waikiki Grand, yeah. The the conclusion of my men's triathlon in the morning yes. is basically doing my outdoor stairs yes. in the Waikiki Grand that hardly anyone uses. Yep. You probably have seen the internal one, right? Uh-huh. That one I avoid because it's dark and suffocating and smells. You know, uh-huh. I do the outdoor one.
0: Yeah, right. And
1: basically, that's why you see here. You encourage people to do their cardio, yes. you yes. know, and walk up their building. And it's wow. at the same time they work out. Just their like workout.
0: your attic in Hanover. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it this all comes is full circle, the TS...
0: Yeah. L- Elliot, the knowing the beginning for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Exactly.
1: And then, so you basically, the, it, it gets to the other thing you got to cut down consumption. So rather than now people say, well, you know, I, I'm sustainable, I put all photovoltaics on my roof. Mm. Well, that's just like not changing anything and not thinking about where are PVs made in right. China, polluting rivers. Right. And what happens when the batteries are done? Yeah. You know, that's toxic. So yeah. not wanting to think about I the bigger see. picture, right? right? So you have to think, where yes. can I actually effectively yes. cut down consumption and then... So
0: it's dichotomous, isn't it? Yep. Because everything's getting simpler, like yep. press of a button, yeah, yeah, yeah. but actually we should be using yep. our, yeah, our yeah. heads and our bodies, exactly. physically doing exactly. things about this.
1: Exactly, And we do it anyways, we go to, we go to the gym, right, yes. and yes. why don't we be at the gym in our building and do the hamster wheel. Well, so well that's it. So Again, very
0: European frame of mind that you have, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: And I grew up like that, you mm. know. And, and, you know, the, the people old enough here on the island, you know, remember that, that that's the way they grew up. Sure, I mean, DeSoto, exactly. De Soto has told you, you know, who he grew up without air conditioning. Yes. He never had it, and he never wants it. Right. Because he just he, he has it in his system, right? So it's ingrained in his genetic mindset. Right.
0: right? we're so, almost we're just past an hour can what what can what can you do to wrap up rewilding architecture for me
1: just strip naked you know and undress yourself and and enjoy and indulge and so German go back to the <laughs> pa- yeah 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 and Soto <laughs> keeps telling me another say well you guys invented that kind of obsession with a with a with a with a naked Co-ed. sunbathing Saunders, and yeah. all this stuff, and yeah. it's probably because we're so deprived from it, right? Sure. I mean, sure. There's a sure. few days can actually do that, so right. The few times we got obsessed with that. So
0: and you're, here, you just and want here, to you look around and you're like, what are you guys doing? Exactly. You could be. And, and you
1: know this yeah. op- would open up another hour that we don't have, but well, basically un on yourself could be another term, right? On yourself yeah. because the mumus <laughs> were pretty much. Covering the nakeds for different reasons, uh-huh. you know, and basically saying, well, maybe these exotic girls are too sexy, right. so we need to, the missionary, you know, basically said, well, that is not supposed to be, so cover them up, you Right. know, the sort of reason, he said, Martin, yeah, I can hear that, but also you have to then say a was still, and then there is like the more sophisticated mumus and the more fashionable mumus, and the mumus at least are are loose, so they're not, not like the corset, Mm-hmm. that was really mean to women right yes. basically make them so they can't even breathe yeah. which was going on not long ago in in anywhere else in the world in Victorian era that was the Victorian way so there just yes. still a little bit more respectful but once again obviously they were all of a sudden sweating because their natural air conditioning of the sweat on the on the skin wasn't working anymore, right, right? so it's basically pretty much, I mean some call this like post-colonialism, I'm not the biggest fan because it makes it too ideological, Mm -hmm. but I think if we think about it just, you know, embrace uh, all of these things, I mean we had to move my bicycle out of the office because it was just getting in our way, but that's my mode of transportation, Mm. if there's any place in the world where you should and could bicycle, you know, year round. It's here, right? Mm-hmm. But they do it in the Netherlands, right? In Copenhagen is the world capital of bicycling, but that's further north of where I come from. So I know from my childhood memory, you know, I didn't like bicycling. I was always had to be on my Dutch bicycle, and I was saying, can't wait to get a car,
0: right?
1: You know, then don't get rained on. It's not comfortable. Now I go back, and you know, we have this city forest. Uh, and Large parts of my, the core, the center of my hometown is a forest. Mm -hmm. Has always been, so now like I'm, I'm like I'm like indulging in that when I go back. And my father, luckily, still kept me that that Dutch bike, and I'm on this Dutch bike and thinking, where can you do this? Mm. This is this is amazing, right? But in the winter, it's it's a different. In the winter, it's a different thing. So here, and in the Netherlands, they're discriminating the car. Yes, and the bicycle is the main mode of transportation that always. So you're not afraid as a bicyclist as right. you are here. Right. So let's get us back to bicycles, you yep. know, and discriminate. My other doc students is working on basically totally rethinking um, transportation on, um, I'm starting to think here, because we started out actually with transportation I was talking about. Yes. So here are these... Uh,
0: Twelve
1: train stations for yes. the Expo in two thousand. We had in Hanover, mm. and the goal was how can you make public transportation sexy? Mm-hmm. And we designed these stations because each location had a different character, so uh, yeah. we were customizing them. And now you know, like the the grandchild can get off the station and say, you know, to grandma, I get off the ice cube. Ah, uh, cool. Because that's how they look at it, right? so you just basically mm. make public transportation fun yes and you know you make grocery fun and yeah. you make schools fun and you all have them within proximity and you all have them easy breezy yeah and then and maybe
0: tiki music uh don tiki plays ab- when you're on the hamster ab-
1: absolutely yeah and then we're paradise again <laughs> yes um, not because not there is now. i've been when i fly back from germany with Lufthansa at times, yes. you know, there was a flight attendant, and she, she sort of saw where I'm going and where I'm from, and yeah. she's like, oh, wow, you're in Hawaii, and she's like, are you on Maui or Kauai, and mm. I'm like, no, I'm on Oahu, she yeah. was a little less excited, right. but she didn't give up on me yet, okay. she said North Shore, oh, no. and then when I said, no, South Shore, yeah. and she was almost giving up on yeah. me, when I said Waikiki, yeah. she said, forget about oh, it, no. I can stay in la right oh. so what used to be uh, sort of like the the blue hawaii movie from 1961 yeah with elvis and his girlfriend in the in the movie uh, miley they were going up on tantalus and then the camera was strategically pointing to the alamoana building that we talked last time it's my favorite building because it had the sun retractable louvers that stupid people took off in the early 90s so at that time you know everyone was looking and and the architect John Graham was not a boutique architect, how we called it, he was the most commercial architect in America and he tested this here, talking world fair, for the world fair in Seattle at that time, the year after, and with his revolving restaurant La Ronde, Mm -hmm. he tested it here on the island, so we were cutting edge, and my most favorite presentation of De Soto is when he talks about the tradition and the evolution, which has to happen of the tradition of innovation on the island mm-hmm. that King Kalakaua was designing these crazy uh, warships that looked like sh- fish and things like that and there's a there's a famous uh, song by which my parents and my grandparents grew up with that says there's no beer in Hawaii that is so untrue because the first beer can in the world is from here that's primo beer mm. so there's so many things where, where Hawaii in its post-contact culture And, you know, so never mind the grass hut, the hula skirt, the coconut bra, which is all fictional, right? But we're talking about the post contact. There was so much innovation. We were ahead of the game, and we aren't anymore. So we just
0: need to reconnect with that one on on all levels. Right. Okay. Okay. We're going to do another show. (laughs) Uh, This has been amazing. Martin Despang here at uh, University of Hawaii, rewilding architecture. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah, for having me.